In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We had a treat today for our gospel lesson, because it's a parable. And I have to tell you that I love parables. I always enjoy listening to them. And in fact, my favorite passage in the entire Bible is a parable, that of the prodigal son. It has been for as far back as I can remember. I think probably since my oldest was born. I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was. She can tell you later. But you know about parables, what it is is I can sit back and enjoy the story. Sometimes something is read, there's a lesson read, and you know, you sit and you think about it and you try to say, okay, what's, what's the Lord saying and, and what are we really supposed to be getting out of this? But with the parable, it's, I can sit back and enjoy it and it's like, okay, this one's easy. It's not so deep that I have to keep trying to go through all these layers. And, and the other thing is, is it, it's, it's, I can kind of like click in a cassette and see it in a video. I watch this in my mind and uh, you know, it's just being able to see this thing uh, unspool as, as it goes on. And so it's just so simple, and I can watch it, and I don't have to put a lot of effort into it. And they're, they're important, I know that. I mean, the Lord himself oftentimes will say, as he starts a parable, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he goes on to describe what the kingdom of heaven is like in the parable. But that temptation that many of us have, and I will say that I am the first among the us's, if you will, is that I will just sit back and listen and not act on what it is I'm hearing. And unfortunately, like the Pharisee in the parable of the publican and the Pharisee, sometimes I'll sit back and say, well, I'm glad I'm not like that one in that parable. Thank God for that. But you know, they're not just lovely stories. It's not just something that they put in to fill up these many pages in the gospel. You know, we do read several parables over and over every year. And that's the church in her wisdom has decreed that we need to listen to these parables because we need to know what the kingdom of heaven is like and we need to be able to see and hear what the kingdom is like sometimes in the common language of the, of the common man, so that it can be understood. And maybe that's why it's so simple for me sometimes. And on this particular Sunday, where we celebrate the fathers of the Seventh Ecumenical Council, I would even say that parables are very much like icons, is that they show the greater reality of the kingdom of heaven. And so my encouragement to you is, and to all, me first, I will say again, is to pay attention to these parables and don't just sit back and enjoy them. I, we should enjoy them, but listen to what they're saying and, and let's apply it in our life. And after I said that, I probably shouldn't say today's parable is really important and you should really pay attention to it, but I think I can get away with that because this one the Lord actually does explain what he means as he, uh, after he says the parable. In fact, all three gospel accounts of this parable, he does explain what it is he's talking about. And of course, the lesson today was the parable of the sower. Now, he wants to make sure there's no mistaking what he's talking about when he mentions all these things that he's gone through. And I think I 
start out, there's younger people here, I don't know if you really know what sowing is, we're not talking about needle and thread, but we're talking about throwing seed, literally throwing seed out into the field and letting it grow. And it's not just a random throwing, and by the way, it's still done today, uh, many countries still do it, they don't have the mechanical things we have here, and if uh, the operation is small enough, even in this country, they still sow, but they literally will go out and throw the seed, but they got to be really good at it because oftentimes their livelihood, their life, will depend on making sure this stuff does grow. So it's not just throwing at will and letting the wind carry it where it will. Well, in the lesson today, Christ himself is the sower. He's the one that is sowing the seed. We're the soil. Our hearts and our minds need to be prepared to accept the seed, just as the farmer who sows the seed in his field has to make sure his field is prepared before he sows the seed. Well, the Lord says to his disciples afterwards, he's, uh, when he explains what the parable was, and he says, well, the seed is the word of God, and that's what we've heard, what we hear and what we see and the Lord himself, of course, uh, gave that to us. And he goes on and he explains there's four different types of soil. And uh, the first one, of course, he talks about as the sower sows the seed. He said, some fell along the path, and it was trodden underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. Well, I'm not a farmer, certainly, and I'm not really even a gardener. Uh, my wife has prevailed upon me on a few times to go out and help her in the garden. Usually it's to, hey, I want to start a garden, so you need to go get some dirt ready for me. And so I'll go out there with my garden rake, and I'll get down there and get ready to, I think, okay, this is going to be easy, nice day, and that rake hits the ground and bounces right back at me. <laughs> and uh, so it's like, okay. Uh, scrape a little bit, there's no scratches even in that dirt. So I'll get my shovel out, and I'll go and I jump, and I hit that shovel, and I get about a half-inch little divot in the ground. And about then, I'm wondering, you know, who sinned, Lord, me or my parents? <laughs> and I think we all know the answer to that <laughs> question. But you know, that ground is so hard, if we were to try to plant anything in it, it'd just be like putting seed on the sidewalk. There's just nothing there. And the Lord says about those who have that type of soil in their hearts, that they're, uh, the ones along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts that they may not believe and be saved. These are the ones whose hearts and minds, they are as hard as concrete. And the seed just bounces and will just go wherever the wind may blow it at that point. And we've seen these types of people. You know, they're not just ambivalent about what we do. They'll mock us and they hate us and they actually work against the word of God. And we need to be sure that we, we are tilling our own hearts to be certain that we don't have that hardness of that soil so that the seed, the word of God, can get into our hearts and grow and take root. 
Well, then the second kind of soil the Lord mentions, he says some falls on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. If you do not water your garden, and I'm not a gardener, but even I know this, if you don't water it, it will die. You may water it at first. In fact, you know, the truth is my youngest children have done their little science projects in elementary school, and I remember they will, you know, do the, they'll plant the bean, I think it is, or something, and they put it in that little uh, paper cup, the little Dixie cup, and they bring it home, and, you know, for about two days, they're really good about watering that thing, and then I'll come through the kitchen one day, a week or so later, and what was supposed to be there is now just kind of this brown thing folded over. And I look, and that dirt is as dry as it could be. And that's what happens if you don't water things. Of course, we saw it here locally after we've seen these past several years of not very much water. And we've seen so many things die. You've got to give them water. And the Lord said, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but these have no root. And they believe for a while. And in time and temptation, they fall away. And again, you know, we, we've seen these people. They're the ones who, they get on board. They're, they're really excited about things. But when something better comes along, at least something that they think is better, they're out. They're gone. Or even worse, something that doesn't fit with their own agenda, and they're gone. So... That's you know, part of the watering process is making sure that that root can grow deep and hold on for when these things come along. I just read something just a few weeks ago. Um, we've got oak trees all over the back of our yard. And a couple of years ago, I, would, I mean, I couldn't even clean the acorns up. I thought squirrels were supposed to gather them you know, for the winter, but apparently there's no squirrels in our neighborhood. And, uh, they were starting to sprout. And I thought, my goodness, you know, they just landed in the grass, and, you know, they're, they're already sprouting. And I'm thinking, I, I'm going to have oak trees growing all through my yard. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And, um, well, I found out a couple weeks ago that actually the root for an, oak, an acorn has to go about two feet before it's a viable tree. So, um, you know, if you're not in good soil where you can get your root down far enough, Somebody can come along, just like I came along with those acorns, and I plucked them right out of the ground. And it wasn't uh, a problem anymore as far as oak trees, but it can certainly be a problem for us as we work uh, toward understanding and having the word of God in our hearts. Well, in the third type of soil, the Lord said, some fell among the thorns, and then the thorns grew with it and choked it. Well, who plants a garden and then doesn't weed it? You know, that's the worst job of all, I think. And it's hard, but if you don't do it, you're going to get a garden full of weeds. And, of course, if you, I don't know if you've ever been able to walk through a really thick forest where it's been the canopy, everything's dark, it's silent, you walk through, it's really neat, it's, it's really fun. But if you look on the ground, there's nothing but pine needles, nothing grows. And that's what happens if you don't weed your garden. And the Lord says about these people, 
As for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with cares and riches and pleasures of life if you keep them in perspective. I care about my family. Obviously, it's okay to be rich. Some, some people tell me that anyway. Um, and I like pleasurable things as well. But if we let that get in the way of the word of God, then it's going to die off. And there will be no fruit. All you have is a plant. And there's nothing there. All these things we have, and I was, because of these fires up north, and I was thinking a little bit about, you know, these people who had to just leave literally with seconds warning. And, you know, about, what, 10 years ago, we had to evacuate. My family did. And we had, we had some notice, and we loaded some things up, pictures and the computer and, I mean, you know, whatever we could put in the car. But the truth is that, you know, there's really nothing that there is in my house of things that I really care that much about. But for me to go get rid of that stuff now, that's the hard part. And so, you know, I need to work on that kind of weeding. We have to till our hearts and minds to weed out those things that will choke off the word of God. And then it says some fell into good soil, and it grew, and it yielded a hundredfold. Now, our garden has yet to yield a hundredfold, but anybody who does garden knows that these are the things you have to do to get that kind of production out of your garden. You've got to till the soil. You've got to break it up, make it soft. And then you've got to water that those seeds once, they, once they've been planted and weed it. I don't know why weeds grow faster and better than anything else, but that's what happens. And, but you do those things, and your garden will flourish. And that's what the Lord says about us, about uh, these seeds that fall in this type of soil. And as for the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bring forth fruit with patience. And just as it is in a garden, bringing forth that Fruit is the goal, and we want to have good soil to make that happen. But it is hard. It is not easy. It takes work. You can't just sit back and listen to these things, run the video in your head, and then hope for uh, coffee hour donuts or whatever. But we have a job to do, and it is going to take effort on our part. We need to get the soil of our hearts ready for the seed, the word of God. We have to work to till the soil, breaking apart the hard parts, making them soft and ready for the seed. Then we have to water that soil, water our hearts, and that seed will grow. Then we have to weed it, make sure we keep that stuff out that shouldn't be there. How do you do all this? Well, one thing is what we're doing right now. We're in here, we're tilling, we're watering, and we're weeding during the divine liturgy. I walked through the hallway this morning, saw them getting ready to go at the atrium. That was tilling and watering and weeding. The youth group, coffee hour, anytime we get together, reading the Bible, 
That's what it is we're doing. So enjoy the parables. Don't just listen. The Lord told them for our benefit. Let's act on them. And today, let us work on the tilling, watering, and weeding of the soil of our hearts. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.